Reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 1 through 10. Hear the word of God. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, Ah, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder and rejoices, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. So when does it dawn on you that you've lost something? Sometime or other, the shepherd was doing a roll call. 97, 98, 99, 100, 100, 100. It's always the number 100 when you're dealing with sheep that goes missing. And that's when it dawned on the shepherd. I've lost something. It dawned on the woman when she had nothing on her agenda but to count coins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's not right. The ledger says 10. And that's when it dawned on her to search for the coin. It's only when you do a full audit that it dawns on you that you know what you've lost or what you have. I uh, purchased a tie on sale and brought it home and I placed that tie next to the one that looked exactly like it. <laughs> you never know when you need two ties of the same color and style. But if I had done an audit, I would have known. When was the last time you looked at your life and made a detailed assessment of what you have or what you're missing? I can say that I've never done a thorough audit. Generally what I do is a review that helps me take account and I review, well, I get to that review quite often through people like you. I think of Corinne Sterling, who on occasion would send an email to a large group of friends updating us all on her will to live. She, a lover of life, held on to it. The first part of the email might give an update on the latest doctor's visit and the negotiations with the insurance company. But always towards the end of the email, she might write something like this, she wrote. 
I have been thinking a lot about how the opposite things live side by side in us. Let me pause right there. When was the last time you thought about how the opposite things live side by side in you? I guess what I mean is, when have you paused and shut off all the noises and the distractions to have a deep thought? We get so numbed to the shallow. This is part of the audit, part of the review. Anyway, she wrote, I have been thinking a lot about how the opposite things live side by side in us. The heart still beats, even when we have a paralyzing thought. Cancer can grow unnoticed in our bodies as we paint pictures with our hands. Our pain is deep, and fatigue tries to draw us down, down, down into sleep. But we rise up and commit ourselves to what is good and true, choosing to grow and move forward, to see good things every day, make plans for the short term to bring joy. I hope you got to see the strawberry supermoon at the week's beginning. Tim drove me around the neighborhood just after moonrise so we could catch a brief glimpse. Beautiful. And there, I was reminded of what I had lost. It dawned on me. You can go days on days and days on days, reaching 98, 99, 100 days, 1,000 days, and then it dawns on you. You might be missing the opposite thing. You're all work, and you've lost the play. You're going a thousand miles an hour and you miss your daughter's hand reaching out to you to slow you down. You're so into who's going to steal this and take away that that you lose your life to fear. Did you see the strawberry moon? No, I missed it. I missed it. That's okay. I found it. I found it on a drive with the love of my life. Come celebrate with me. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. There's more joy in heaven over the one sinner who repents. I know when we think about sin, we think about that word for people who live by the phrase, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas, sin. Sin is on the top of the magazine shelf or on the privacy page in the internet. Sin is just pure evil. But sin comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. And so sin can be defined as living in the kingdom of God and not having a clue as to, well, that there's a king. Jesus will soon tell the story this way. 
He'll say, the land of a rich man uh, produced abundantly. And the rich man thought to himself, what should I do? Because I have nowhere to store my crops. And then he came to himself and he said, oh, I know what to do. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build larger ones. And then I'll say to myself, self, <laughs> you have ample goods laid up for forever. Just eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life is required of you and those things that you prepared, whose will they be? You see, he took account of grain and barns and days he had yet to have. What he was missing was God. He was living his life all on the horizontal plane and forgot that there's a vertical dimension as well. Have you lost that? How would you know? Unless you paused and took an audit of your life. You see, what I know is I know what's wrong with this country. I've added it up and I have taken a full account of what's wrong. I know what's wrong. Look, recently I drove my daughter out of the rough town of Jackson, Mississippi and brought her to the promised land of Austin, Texas. And four days later, her catalytic converter was stolen out from underneath her car. If she gets it fixed, they'll just steal it again. I know what's wrong with this country. I've added that to my count, along with those in Nashville who live in a trailer court and were just told that their land has been sold to build a big building over it. Where will they go? Who cares? I've got a list of things that are wrong with this country. Truth is fiction. Fiction is truth. Lake Mead is now a puddle. Meanwhile, his house is underwater. The teachers are on strike and these kids these days. I know what's wrong with this country and so do you. I've argued that this was once a Judeo-Christian country and we've lost it. What we've lost is, among other things, that there was once a North Star, that you got your direction from God. You took God into account. You lived with trust. Trust everywhere you go, trust. They draw a little painted line down the road and it's only trust that makes this whole thing work. That you just believe that your person coming the other direction isn't going to cross that line. The whole thing's based on trust and love of neighbor and that there's a God. But the minute the trust is up for grabs, well then, count your many fears. Count them one by one. Count your many fears and see what the devil has done. We were once a Judeo-Christian country which meant, among other things, that you might live your life as if you might meet your maker, not just before the judgment seat when you die, but you might meet your maker in the eye of the one who is hungry, the eye of the one who has only injustice on their plate. The devil has a pretty good sales pitch. It's listen. Now really listen, the only thing it's about is you.
Oh, I know I've taken a full account of what's wrong with this country. I'll share the list with you anytime you want, at the donut shop, out at lunch, on the golf course. I'll tell you what's wrong with this country. But when was the last time I shared with you, or you shared with anyone, that the Lord is in, above, over, and through all things? When was the last time you moved from what was wrong to being about what is right? That's why we're here. That is why we are here. We are not here to condemn this world. Christ Jesus came into this not to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's why we're here. We may have to pause. Recalibrate. What woman, having ten commandments upon losing one, doesn't search high and low for the one she lost? Oh, here it is. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You know, going 24-7 without a pause, that's a sin. What did Corinne write? Fatigue draws us down into sleep. Holy sleep. Holy rest. So that we might rise again commit ourselves to what is good and true. She fought for life, and I think she stumbled upon a treasure. That the odd thing about life, I mean real life, is that you got to lose it to get it. We have a Savior who keeps trying to tell us that. A savior who did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, lost everything, gave it his all. So take this into account. What does it look like to lose everything? It looks like this. Hey, can I heal what is broken for you? Excuse me, can I, can I help you read, learn how to read? Can I find you a home? Can I give you a prayer? Hey, I know life is hard. Can I cut you some grace? There's a strawberry moon coming. I just know there is. There's one coming. So find the other side of you, the side you love, and the side that loves you, and go for a drive 
in search of that thing that you thought was lost. But it was with you all the time. Here it is. Life. Eternal life. Rejoice with me.